Stage 18 of the Tour de France, let's cue that intro! The big question is this, how do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to a Tour de France podcast. We're on stage 18. It's the final day in the mountains with two of the most fabled climbs in the Pyrenees, the Col de Tourmalet and Luz Den. We started out in Po, finishing in Luz Den, 129.7 kilometers. Before I jump in, Roadman, just an encouragement and a hint to head on over to Patreon. The Tour de France is coming to its conclusion, so please, at this point, this is where we pass the cap around and say, make your donations. Uh, Patreon's how we keep the podcast rolling, folks. It's over on patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. There's no charge to listen to the podcast every day of the week. It's covered by users. So if you're enjoying the podcast and you can afford to make a small donation, just the price of a pint of beer, be sound and buy me the price of a pint of beer over on patreon link is in the bio also if you're enjoying it please like it review it share it with friends share it into whatsapp groups all that good stuff because just because the tour is finishing doesn't mean we're finishing we're rolling on to episode number 302 today and look i'd love to hit a thousand it's a it's a few years away but i don't know i'm a sucker for a big round number like that so yeah it'd be awesome i've got some cool guests lined up and loads of cool exciting stuff including our full-time staff member coming on board so that is super exciting news so that's kicking it off all inside the next month Poe to Lazarte Den. Poe is a place that just has doping controversies. It wouldn't be a stage starting in Poe if there wasn't a police raid. And the police raided Bahrain victorious before the start of today's stage. Uh, Like they got absolutely nothing. Apparently they never asked to see a warrant either, which was a little bit strange. If I can dig back to my legal knowledge. It equals strange when you board someone's bus, ask for training files, and you're effectively seizing stuff, but you've no warrant. So, yeah, it'd be interesting if that ever goes to court. Uh, I'd imagine it'll be all just thrown out from, you know, fruit to the poison tree. It's illegally obtained. But maybe we'll save that for a legal podcast down the road and let's analyze the snake carapace sitting on yesterday. I know we covered it yesterday, but over on the Twitter accounts, uh, it's just Roadman Cycling over on Twitter. Uh, I've been just dropping it. Twitter is like life's water cooler. It's just my brain dump. Whatever's going on in my brain ends up going onto Twitter when I'm watching the stage because you know all my buddies are in work and stuff, so I need to vent somewhere. So I vent over on Twitter. And Carapaz sitting on yesterday was quite controversial. A lot of people were very pissed off and felt there was some sort of gentleman's rule that you didn't sprint if you couldn't walk. Honestly, folks, this is bike racing. It's win bike races, not win friends. And as much as I don't like Carapaz the snake, look, I wouldn't hold that against him yesterday. It's the rope-a-dope. You know, you pull faces, you give it a little bit of theatre. Tommy Vockler back in the day was a genius for the Lactor, the great French rider. You pull faces, you pretend you can't ride, and then you bang them. And you try and win the race. And that's what it's about. There's no honour, there's no pride in it. It's win the bike race. And Carapaz tried to do that yesterday. It didn't work. 
I don't like Carapaz for a host of other reasons, but it's not because he sat on yesterday. But look, if you do think there's meant to be honour in this game, uh, you know you need to watch it a little bit longer because it's a game of chess, not a game of checkers. We've seen today this crazy battle for the King of the Mountains points. It's Walt Poole and it's Michael Woods and they're toe-to-toe and they're going at each other over the climbs. And then ultimately, it's heartbreak for both of them because Pogaccia has just steamrolled him in his victory today, winning at the top of Luzardi Den. He also takes the King of the Mountains jersey. So here's a man who, as I tweeted earlier on, he's not going to be called on the ride into Paris. He's a white jersey, he's a polka dot jersey, and he's a yellow jersey to keep him warm. The bit I hate about the jerseys is Pogaccia is the rightful owner and he will stand on the podium and collect all three of those jerseys in Paris. Make no mistake, those competitions are done, all three of them. But Walt Pels has to wear the polka dot jersey for the next two days. He wears it because he's next best placed in the classification. And JV, Jonas Vindegaard, he's going to wear the White Riders jersey for the next few days, even though he doesn't earn it. It's a bit of salt in the wounds. I don't like it at all. I, you know, Not that I'd refuse to wear it, because you can't continue to race if you refuse to wear it. But it's a bullshit rule that you have someone, you know, it's nearly, you know, it, it is a total slap in the face. Uh, the big loser on today's stage, it was go, 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 Rigoberto Oran. He was dropped super early and he was dropped in such a fashion and obviously communicated to the director that there was no point in even Higita waiting for him. And again, on Twitter, a lot of people sort of questioning why Higita didn't wait. Honestly, you're going up mountains. You're going up Luzardi Den. I'll try that one again. You're going up Luzardi Den uh, at the finish of today's race. Like Higita can't pedal for him. When a rider's done, he's done. Like he ended up losing over 10 minutes. He totally pulled the pin and the parachute came out. Higita can't push him up the mountain. He can't get onto the bike and ride for him. There's very little benefit in drafting going up a climb. You need to have not blown, as we see with the quick step rider surrounding Cavendish, setting a tempo. But it's not like Cavendish is blown. He's still riding under his own steam. Rigoberto obviously didn't recover from going deep yesterday, where he got dropped as well. And he's just fallen to pieces today. Uh, Luzardi then was at the scene today where we seen Ineos just taking it up again and Theo Gagan Hart I thought he was gone home I thought he was gone home like two weeks ago he takes this turn on the front and it was a big turn and he looked good but he is at a disappointing Tour de France from winning the Giro d'Italia and you know I don't ever think you can win a fluky Grand Tour but it was a little bit of a fluky Grand Tour he won he didn't go in his favourite and I don't know a lot of stuff went his way and he just hasn't built on that for this Tour de France he hasn't been an asset to Ineos at all over the course of this Tour de France and you know it's disappointing because they went in with knowing that Pogaccia and Roglic were going to be very difficult to beat so they decided to have like a four-pronged attack with Theo Gagan representing one of those prongs and you know it's one of those prongs that just didn't go too well now I know he had crashes and stuff in the first week but look Vindegaard had crashes Pogaccia had crashes you know they all had crashes I don't know if the snake Carapaz had a crash and uh, Dan Martin didn't do a bad ride today another man who I thought went back on his holidays two weeks ago uh, but he got up in fifth on today's stage which was a Good result in a disappointing tour for Dan Martin and Israel Startup Nation, still without a win. Rafa Moika came out yesterday, we talked about it, and he wanted to mention that the team was strong, that the team could do good work. 
And that's what he done again today. He came over the top of Tio when Tio was setting a good tempo and he set a better tempo. Ripped the bunch to pieces. Pogaccia goes off that. We've seen it two days in a row now. One extra man can follow today. That was Sepp Kuss. So it was Sepp Kuss, JV, the Snake, Pogaccia, and Einrik Mass was kind of yo-yoing. For me, this was the contentious part in the stage. It's You have this group now with Sepp Kuss, Vindergaard, Carapaz, and Pogaccia. So JV is the only man that has a teammate in there, Sepp Kuss. And Sepp starts setting a tempo. Why is Sepp setting a tempo here? The only thing I can rationale, the only rationale I can come up with as to why Sepp Kuss is setting a tempo is that Pogaccia and Carapaz are a little bit more explosive than Vindergaard. So he was afraid that if they go like Carapaz when he went yesterday, and Pogaccia was able to follow, and Vindergaard got gapped ever so slightly and had to diesel his way back up, that maybe he was happier with a higher tempo that they wouldn't be able to attack off. That's the only reason that I come up with. But honestly, it was the that's the rationale of a madman because Sepkos had a very like it was gift wrapped. It was gift wrapped with a nice little fucking bow in it, and not one of them bows you stick on, one of the real complicated ones that you have to fold. It was gift wrapped for Sepkos today. Sepkos, Pogaccia, Vindergarden, Carapaz. Sepkos sits at the back, whacks it, who's going to chase? Vindergaard's not going to chase, he's his teammate. Pogaccia's not going to chase, he absolutely hates Carapaz after yesterday, and he's a five and a half minute lead. And Carapaz is going to be super reluctant to chase, because we've seen yesterday, he's not a man that likes to expend energy, and he's in that battle for second and third place with Vindergaard, so if he chases, he'd be worried about Vindergaard coming over the top of him and him losing more time. Sepkus was nailed on to take his second stage win after he took one back in Andorra, so I was disappointed to see that, although I was enthused by the number of hairpins in the last kilometre. I think we had six hairpins in the last kilometre, just aesthetically it was quite nice to see. And when you couple that with the fans on the hill, the fans back after all the COVID restrictions last year, the fans are back, they're passionate, they're having parties again, and it's brilliant to see. Today's stage, it finished up with Pogaccia. He's undisputed. He's the champion elect for the second year in a row. And, you know, we're seeing these comparisons already with Merckx, Hino. But honestly, we were saying this sort of stuff about Bernal two years ago as well, saying this could be the start of 10 years of domination. And we've seen Bernal hasn't had the follow through on that. Pogaccia has followed through. He's backed it up with back-to-back Tour de France wins. So chapeau to him. He will win in Paris on Sunday, barring accident at this stage. Jonas Vindegaard, who didn't even expect to be riding GC, is now second on GC. Carapaz, the snake, is... I'll, I'll give you the time gaps as well. So Jonas Vindegaard's 5.45 back from Pogaccia. Carapaz is at 5.51 because Vindegaard took some extra time bonuses today. So he's, what, six seconds back. Ben O'Connor, the a ride of his life for Aji Dozer Citroën. He's at 8.18. Look, he's not going to challenge for the podium. Uh, but he might hold on to fourth because, look, we've flat stages on a TT coming up. Wilco Kelderman is up in the fifth because he's the big winner today after Rigoberto Oran taking the cyanide tablet and disappearing out of the top 10. Wilco is at 8.50. Today's stage, Dan Martin got in fifth place. That's the only notable difference. We'd Pogaccia win the Jonas Vindegaard, the Snake, Einrich Mas, and then Dan Martin. 
Bogacha, he has it all at the moment. Green, Nurk Green's the only one he doesn't have. White, the polka dot, yellow. Tomorrow we get back to that battle for green. It's stage 19. We're back on the flatlands. I do expect, I'm going to nail my colours to the mast. I do expect Cavendish to break the great Eddie Merckx's record tomorrow and make it his fifth stage win of this year's Tour de France. Roadmen, we'll be watching with bated breath. It's the only bit of excitement left in this tour. I'll chat to you then and ride safe. Hey everybody, it's Anthony again. Really quick, I want to invite you to join arguably the best thing I've ever put out inside the Roadman community. It's a challenge. It's a challenge called the 14 day kickstart challenge. So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio, and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day, or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.